Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Notch. This week we discuss Zlatan disappointing 50,000 people, Will Ferrell's Lucha Libre turn in LA, and the tough times in Madrid for Julian Lopetegui. I have my voice back. It's a good thing we're recording on Tuesday and not Monday, which we had switched to because um, I lost my voice on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, getting hit by a Zlatan ball, apparently some weird side effects. But <laughs> it did not hit me in the voice box. It hit me in the thigh. Uh, and Matt Doyle, yes, it didn't hit me in the fucking nuts, you idiot. It hit me in the thigh. And um, yeah, I mean, I can now tell my grandchildren that I have stopped a ball from Zlatan. And given the fact that it didn't hit you in the balls, you can actually have grandchildren. Yeah. Gonna choose not to, though, so. Uh, the children, <laughs> not the grandchildren, I don't know. I mean, my imaginary children that I'm not gonna have could have grandchildren. I don't want to stop them, but, you know. Um, <laughs> it's not really weird real fast. There's nothing weird about that. You're talking about your imaginary I, children I, having I, grandchildren, not when it's talking about grandchildren they're imaginary. My character on this podcast chronically overshares all sorts of stuff. Usually very That's depressing, right, self de- depreciating <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, it hasn't I'm, been that bad this season. Yeah, it's true. I've it's been happy before yeah. this season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say it, but you said it, so it's fine. <laughs> so, hey, um, got a question for you, which is so. I mean, that's going to be my claim to flame. Like, like Zadon knocked a free kick and it just smacked me in the capo stand. And uh, what, what's you, what are you guys, what are your, like, inane claims to fame? I mean, shit, I thought this was, unfortunately. Damn, oh, um, shit, low standards, fuck. <sighs> low expectations. Like, oh, man. What? That was such okay, a good sketch, um, no less. Yeah. <laughs> I was summer of 2014, I think. I was interviewed uh, as a foot golf participant at a Bloomington golf course where they just put in foot golf. I was working for Bloomington Parks right at the time, and my boss was like, hey, go and do this. So I did that and got interviewed for it. And they spelled my name wrong, because of course they did. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, um, Caleb Porter. I blame you. <laughs> I guess my actual claim to fame. Um, I got dragged on stage to do a date with Kristen Shaw from. Oh wow! Yeah, um, that's way cooler than mine. Goddamn. Yeah. Um. So I was at a. I'm trying to remember the comedy festival. It was a trip that I was in Chicago for, and. Just out of nowhere, I get dragged up to be the one to win a date with Kristen Shaw. And I shit you not, she shotgunned a bottle of Malbec right in front of me. Like, downed the entire thing in one shot. Are you being in one shawl? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got I got interviewed by the NBC affiliate out of Madison when the Beloit post office was flooded and it closed. And the guy kept asking me, like, doesn't this make you really upset? And I was like, no, I'll just come back on Tuesday. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, edit, like, finally I was just like, yeah, I guess it's kind of inconvenient. And that's the only line they used. <laughs> of course, because you didn't get them the, the yeah. repair sound you're looking for. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. I just use stamps.com. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a sponsor. 
<laughs> don't say wait I, <laughs> don't say that this is a podcast. podcast they are a sponsor unofficially yeah yeah <laughs> well um it's time for us to talk about the team that we love uh to hate uh in a segment that we call united passions our sport has a bright future ahead does it does it can, can you feel the enthusiasm for for just for me to start talking about soccer this week um i mean i uh, soccer know, is pain notch soccer is pain l- let me just read the uh segment subtitle in united passions we talk about the united we are most passionate about minnesota united fc well who in the weeks leading up to this game managed to top the results one week after another it was like five goals scored by the union we were like oh they can't get any worse than this we lose to colorado yeah okay that's shitty it's worse and then zlatan comes to town and god why can he just have not played on turf like what's wrong with him why does he have to be different than all these other european like fancy boys who come and play do you mean like him for the rest of the season when it didn't seem like they needed to make the playoffs sure yeah i mean why does he have to be here and then why does minnesota united's defense have to leave him completely unmarked on that first anyway i mean uh, that's just us yeah it's true it's true anyway so minnesota united did lose 3-1 at home to close out um the the year the team desperately trying to show that 50k to midway was the amount of goals the other team was going to score through the season (laughs) (laughs) but uh we conceded all year right we're at 68. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was 2000. It seems like a lot more, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, there was Harmar Superstar had the most depressing show I think he's probably ever done. And remember, this guy takes his clothes off at shows. He hasn't done that in a while. Yeah, I was unfortunate enough to be at one of his New Year's show where he did that. And then it was yeah, just a lewd dude. I've not been a fan of his since then. I... He is actually a very close family friend of um, my cousins. So there you go. And then claim to fame. There you go. All right. Do you take a? I mean, it it is one of those things where, I mean, Caleb and I have me been meaning to tell you to stop taking your clothes off as we record each week. But uh, I think this blind, I wear blinders now. Stuff from Tannerberry, their best $20 I've spent. There you go. So I guess I know that I can't wear my costume to your party cool <laughs> never mind you would make a good harmar superstar all right so zlatan scored zlatan assisted uh zlatan take it and continues to take it away so what 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 else is there to say um he had a that cross to alessandrini was beautiful objectively yeah. speaking that was just he had another one to ola kamara that was uh, not scored that was equally beautiful pretty much exactly the same cross Kind of thing that, you know, you see the guy do it once and you're like, hmm, that guy's good at that. We should stop him from doing that again. But of course, Minnesota United, uh, not so much with the whole defending thing. Yeah, not our strong suit. No. Um, you know what else is in our strong suit? Having strikers that stay on side. Yeah, Angelo Rodriguez choosing once again to, um, to get a disallowed goal. Uh, it's really become kind of a trend. But, you know, I, I am going to choose to to... Uh, you know, show the other side here by quoting a tweet from our friend Bruce Nord. Angelo Rodriguez has four goals in 826 minutes for Minnesota United. Averaged over 34 full games. That's 14.7 goals. That's pretty good. Eighth or so in the league this season. He needs a preseason and about half a regular season to fully judge. 
I, I haven't done the math in my head. Is he implying that Rodriguez would play every single minute of those 34 games? As he... is, yes, he is. Okay. Because there's no fucking way that a player does that. So... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So, I mean, he was he was uh, Hoyt. He was Hoyt uh, to, to start the year, right? He was, like, out of form or something. He's not hurt. That just word just popped no, into my uh, head. Hoyt. So, I think the term is bad. <laughs> I don't think he was injured. Yeah, Bob was injured for a while before he came to Minnesota. But, yeah, but there's also the fact that um, said total, according to Bruce, um, would actually be behind what Chris Ramirez scored in 2017. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. That's great. Why don't you tell me more of these depressing statistics that um, make me want to not record well, this podcast well, trust anymore? Me. <laughs> trust me, they are showing up on E Pluribus Lunum in like 36 hours. A lot of people have made a lot about Minnesota's defense and how that's been terrible, but it's, it's also been the offense. It's been pretty bad. Um, Minnesota's... If you look at the playoff teams or those who are still in playoff contention going into the last week, nine out of 14 teams have at least two players in double digits the double digit goals out of the teams that are out of the playoffs already. Only one team has players. Uh, one team, Houston has two players on double digits, on yeah. double digits for yeah. goals. Yeah. Now this year and last year, Darwin and Christian, we've only had one player. We need a second threat thanks to uh i think jeffrey tweeted this out um ever since christian left the team darwin's expected goals have gone down his key passes have gone down all of his attacking probabilities have gone down okay yeah because there's not that such an attacker who is a threat in mls to draw those defenders away from darwin yeah it's it's becoming a very legitimate question whether or not this strategy to just feed Darwin and have him do things is actually going to be a successful tactic. So go- because it's obvious that's what they're moving towards with the sort of moves they've made on the transfer market. And so going into next season, only uh, the last off season, we thought Stryker, we have figured out we have Christian. Next season, Darwin can't be a lone striker on his own. He needs help drawing defenders away from him. You pretty much have 10 spots up for grabs and that are in need of upgrade. And we're in the same spot we were at last season. We still are at that spot where we need depth and starters. Yeah. What is a three-year plan if a first-year plan is repeated twice? The Heat Out Chance, speaking of which, coming out uh, throughout the supporter section towards the end of this game, very demoralized crowd. Uh, not too many sticking around for Harmar or the fireworks. There was a lot of energy at the start of the game, though, and Minnesota United did come out and have a respectable enough showing for the first 20 or so minutes before turning into uh, Mr. Hyde. And it's clear to me that the players didn't really give a shit this year anymore. And what's our coach doing if you can't uh, encourage them to do that? Hey, uh, we should also mention that before this game, Alex Cap hurt himself. So... We only have one fit keeper going in the next weekend. That is Matt Lampson. So we have signed Chris Kanopka, who has been training with the team. He was signed to Cardiff City on a short-term contract contract last year. Guys from New Jersey. He's played a lot of stuff, including FC Edmonton, blah, blah, blah. You can check out his Wikipedia entry. Anyway, he's going to be our backup keeper 
while Bobby and Alex are injured. We should also note that some more MLS disco uh, Saturday Night Live fever. Fever. I was going for Disco Doc, but you beat me to it. Yeah, so the disciplinary committee has come out with some uh, fines and suspensions and blah, blah, blah. Pascarella was suspended through the end of the season. Our goalkeeping coach, so is Alexi Gomez. Oh, no. Um, So is Harrison Heath. Oh, no. Yeah, and speaking of which, Harrison Heath making, I believe, 59K in the salary dump information that also came out today. Yeah. Um, Aglo makes... Exactly as much as Christian Ramirez did, with a marginally higher bonus, more than likely some amount of relocation expenses. Romario makes 500k guaranteed, 575 on a uh, actual number. Fernando Bob somehow only makes 151 thousand dollars. Alexi was up there with what? Three hundred fifty-five thousand. Um, about three twenty-five. Okay. Well, he's. With the suspension, we've probably seen the last of him in a loon shirt. I don't think he showed anything that anyone on the team should be interested in going forward. Yeah. Should be on his way back to his parent club. Well, in some exciting news, we are going to have a live show in what I'm hoping is the first or second week of November at Black Heart Soccer Bar. Stay tuned for more information on that. We're going to have some awesome, awesome panelists joining us, including maybe a tease. What kind of tease should I provide to to our, our panelists we should have thought about this before we started yeah. recording yeah 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 um, exactly i will i will think of a tease before our next episode and then we'll tease uh who that person is maybe we'll have a second panelist by then too but we're yeah. gonna have some great folks to come out to blackheart well your first two panelists tuned. are gonna be colin and me right you're gonna be like hosting and we're gonna be the yeah are we panelists are oh we? shit this just got awkward okay are moving you on us? to <laughs> our next segment the top step but the queen rise to the top. In the top step, we covered latest news from America's Division One leagues, Major League Soccer, and the NWSL. The NWSL, of course, has finished its season. Major League Soccer season, screaming towards a close. A lot of playoff news uh, getting sorted out this weekend. A lot of playoff spots now set in stone. Orlando playing Seattle. Seattle getting two goals. Don Dwyer managing to get a consolation for for Orlando. We've got it written down, a consolation that even he couldn't screw up. Yeah, it was pretty... I mean, Seattle just gave up by the end. It was from a yard away. Yeah. Yeah. But the most important part of this game is that Orlando concedes goal 71 in this game, the Seattle's first goal, and is now the holder of the Adrian Heath terrible defense memorial St. Lunington's Day. It's a St. Lunington's Day miracle. Good stuff. I'm glad Orlando exists. DC United playing Toronto FC. And Wait, getting... hold on. You're just going to let that... I'm glad that Orlando exists. To take Have you been to from Orlando? Us? Yeah, I like the Magic Kingdom. You know. That's like 20 miles That's where miles Harry Potter away. world is. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean... I, 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 I like that they exist in that they make us look better by comparison. <laughs> so, DC United... So far. Playing Toronto. Waza. Getting an incredible free kick goal that you've probably seen on anything that you follow soccer from. It's in the net. No, no. He added a slight laugh in between repeating it's in the net. It's in the net. Yeah. Uh It's in the net. Caleb giving you a flavor of what you're missing if you don't watch 
DC United's That's whole broadcast. Dead ringer for that guy, too. It really is. Yeah, that guy says that every time there's a goal. He doesn't have another saying. It's like, vary it up, buddy. Like, be like, it ripples the mish or something like that. Like, you know. <laughs> Good the Univision, the Portage Dyson just come in the booth. <laughs> ah! <laughs> He's the Univision guys are the ones who said Sinor Rain, right? Oh, I have no so, idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they stole that from Blue Chip, but still. So DC United getting into the playoffs and staying there courtesy uh, last year's MLS Cup champions uh, after this game. Vancouver inviting Sporting Kansas City into their home, who then proceeded to take a four-goal dump in the middle of their stadium. Well, I <laughs> mean... Wasn't as explicit as that. Yeah. But, like, Vancouver was up for, like, a half hour in this game. Yeah. Felipe just his first goal for Vancouver. Whatever. Takes until the 60th minute, and then... All hell breaks loose. Uh, Sisto stored. Shallowed out a brace. Uh, Sisto is Jan Treze, of course. And then uh, sporting 16-year-old midfielder Gianluca Busio. Who's, I mean, he's American, isn't he? So he's probably not said like that. Yeah. Gianluca Busio. Nice. No? Nice. You just yeah. offended Mario. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that movie offended me. So Suddenly, I am very hungry for pasta. Um, but yeah. Uh, Buzio gets his first goal. Um, almost that thing almost, almost did not go in. Johnny like, Russell sending in a, a short cross from within the box, and Buzio managed to putting spin on this ball, which veered kind of towards the goal, almost didn't. And if anyone in. If I bounce off his Achilles, I don't know how that happened. It was a terrible hit. Yeah. But it went in, so it doesn't really matter. It's in. Congratulations to Buzio for his first MLS goal. He's 16. Who cares? RSL playing the New England Revolution. This was back when RSL still thought that they had a hope in hell of making the playoffs. And scoring four goals, New England only able to get the one in defense of liberty, patriotism in America. Kind of a strange lineup. They basically had every single backup in. They had Nick Beasler playing as a defensive midfielder. And hey, guess what? He scored from there, running like way, way out of position to get onto a... Corey Baird cross. Corey Baird just had a fantastic game the entire time. Was just ripping up the defense. Um, Bofo Sacedo gets the second. Demir Krylak gets a goal in there. It almost looked like RSL were really, really good. New England attempting to come back using a penalty. Teal Bunbury taking an Olympic quality dive in the box. Pretty sure I saw water splash when he hit the grass. But Nick Romando doing Nick Romando things. As the Minnesota United Twitter would say, ball don't lie. Yeah, just, Thanks, yeah. Michael Shields. That's actually exactly that, what that's the... What, that's what they would say. Yeah, that's also exactly what the commentator said. Is, is it really? It is. Oh. Yeah. He didn't say, it's not in the net! It's not in the net! <laughs> <laughs> that's what, so someone's like, can I have a beer or not? It's in the fridge! It's in the fridge. It's in the fridge. <laughs> you know, a little bit of glee every time. Uh, well, uh, Atlanta, our friends and yours, inviting the Chicago Fire to, well, Atlanta. I, I joke on that word every time I have to say it. I hate them so much. And every time you like watch anything to do with Atlanta, you say, Tata Martino, Joseph Martinez, Miguel Amir. I'm like, I'm sick of these guys. Thankfully, Tata well, Martino is gone next year. Miguel Miron is out for a while as well. Uh, yeah, and we weren't going to even talk about this game because of your antipathy to Atlanta, but they didn't look good in beating Chicago. 
They still won. I watched the last half hour of the game, and there were plenty of times where Atlanta had the ball in on goal free and just overthought it and then got it tapped away from them. It was... I think I saw a set that Joseph Martinez has one goal in eight games. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Loon legend Pat McLean, probably known best for his lip synced in that weird video at the end of the last season. Um, in, goal for, in goal for Chicago. <laughs> it was weird, guys. I loved it, but it was weird. In not for Chicago, who are out of the playoffs, so they have to lose anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably Bastion Schweinsteiger at the end of the season. Oh, he's, 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 he's halfway out the door already. Yeah. yeah Come yeah. on. Yeah, fully out the door is Tata Martino, Atlanta's coach, who will be at the helm of the Mexican national team. Sources say. Yeah, right. Worst kept secret in soccer, according to Stu Holden. And hopefully Martinez, Almiro, and everyone else will leave. And then I think I'm with Brooke Dunsell, who suggested that uh, if Atlanta's so great, let's put Adrian Heath in charge there and see what happens. Oh my God, that would be so great. I love Please. that. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, guys, he's really good. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta fans, if you're listening to this, like, why? I'd be bashing your team all the time. But also, if you are listening to this, thanks. And also, take Adrian Heath away from us. Yeah. yeah. DC United playing New York City FC. New York City FC this week getting into a bit of trouble after it was reported that several of the Proud Boys who conducted a racially motivated physical assault on several people during... Uh, a minor riot that they participated in in New York City after one of their events. Uh, it was a few of these folks in this Proud Boys riot were identified as New York City FC supporters who have been to New York City FC games. Uh, links to the banned New York City FC supporters group Batalon 49, who are a group of Hispanic skinheads, and I mean racist skinheads. It's um, It's a little bit weird. But uh, and they've apparently had some splinter groups and some other stuff that's happened that's made it hard to keep tabs on them as much as New York City FC would like to. But uh, hopefully, given the revelations this past week, New York City's FO is going to take action and get these guys out of Yankee Stadium for good. Ron Howard narration. They won't. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to hope against hope. But um, anyway, DC coming into town and uh, the Acosta Rooney Canoe show rolling on. Yeah, as it does. That first goal, Lucho Acosta dekes two defenders, passes through another one, and gets in front of a fourth for Rooney. It, it, it it's crazy how quickly these two became one of the best attacking duos in. MLS and also maybe even world soccer. I coming, mean, most effective at least in their lead. But coming also, into this weekend, Lucho Acosta, assisted by Wayne Rooney, was like the seventh highest scoring duo in the league. Wayne Rooney didn't play for the first fourteen games. I mean, it, it, DC's transformation this whole season. Uh, gosh, Audi Field plus Wayne Rooney. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, it really is. I hope we get some Wayne Rooney type person next year for the Alliance. Ron Howard narration. They won't. Hey, James Milner. Come on, buddy. Just come on. Get over here. Get over here. Come on. Come on. Bring it in. We have two over here too, man. Oh, God. Well, um, and any other pieces about this match that you guys want to talk about? I, I mean, DC is flying high. New York City FC are lucky they clinched early because they have been absolute garbage since they clinched. A full season of Bill Hamid might be up for goalkeeper of the year. 
Yeah. He's been fantastic since he came back. Montreal playing their sponsor brothers. Is that, is it, can I say that? Because both, both these teams are sponsored by brothers? BMO. <laughs> no, they're, they're both. I mean, both Montreal and Toronto are sponsored by BMO. It's kind of weird seeing the same sponsor. That is really two shirts. Yeah. yeah, isn't BMO Field where Toronto Ter- plays? Yeah, they do. Isn't that um, also like the Game Boy and Adventure Time? Yeah. So Montreal getting two goals though and beating Toronto, who just are ready to be out of there. They they don't want to be there anymore. And uh, Alex Bono. Having some prime moments as he has throughout the season in this game. He's been either really good or the worst keeper I've ever seen. We haven't seen uh, Richard Sanchez in a while. And I think that's because he became involved in a face-off situation for the movie Face-Off with John Travolta and Nick Cage, which is a movie that exists with Alex Bono. It's on the second goal for Montreal. You see Alex Bono sprint out of his goal, two yards out of his own box, and then just to Turned around by Ignacio Piatti. That's a Richard Sanchez Wild. move. Where is Richard Sanchez? Where is the real Alex Bono? Here's the thing with that. Richard Sanchez at least would do that when the guy is one-on-one with him. Alex Bono did that when Chris Mavinga was right on Nacho Piatti's shoulder. And Mavinga conveniently just sees Bono coming up and decides to pull away, which is like, dude... Why are you letting your goalkeeper go in on a one-on-one like tacti- like tackling situation with one of the best players in the league? Are you insane? The <laughs> only explanation was that Alex Bono was going to run directly into Chris Mavinga <laughs> to allow that goal. I mean, it would make sense if like Alex Bono had just taken a lot of bets against Toronto. Like he needed that second goal to go in. <laughs> like shit, Mavinga's gonna get him. Damn it, rush the guy. Hey, what? if we run long, we've got like multiple soccer things just in this single game. Right. Uh, we had some VAR. Yeah, we we did. Rod Fanny's opener off of Mavinga for an own goal, no less, gets called off by VAR for reasons. <laughs> Were there multiple or just like? They're gonna fuck this up anyway. No they, they don't need it. No go. <laughs> I want Philadelphia and Columbus in the playoffs, so no goal. That is the situation now with Montreal's win. Uh the the situation with with that final playoff spot in the East is that they're fighting Columbus, who are now two points ahead of Montreal after losing to Orlando, who managed to get two goals somehow. In an empty stadium. Two goals through uh, two PKs. Yeah. That's how. I do want to mention, though, that empty stadium had 23,642 people in it. Yeah, go look at photos from this game and tell me that there were 23,000 people inside Orlando Stadium. And this also just scares me, which is that when a team does badly, people stop showing up. You know, I don't care if your stadium is the most beautiful place on the planet. So... Uh, this is something Minnesota United needs to fear. They can't continue playing like this year after year after year. Yeah, we, you know, the stadium hype is kind of carrying them right now. People have stopped focusing on the game and are focusing on the grass going into Allianz Field and tweeting about that instead of the way we lost this past weekend. But that's not going to last forever. And going forward, there's two obvious roads that Minnesota can travel down going into the stadium. One is leads to Portland. One leads to Orlando. Yeah, I'll take DC United at this point. And, uh, yeah. But those are the, the extremes I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. 
honestly, I think DC United are starting to go down the Portland route rather than the Orlando route. Yeah. So Pepa Higuain managing to get Columbus's lone goal in this game. And we should also mention that Andrew Erickson, beat reporter covering the crew, reports that Greg Burhalter told him that there was an agreement in the Orlando crew trade in August that prevented Justin Miram from playing in this game. Burhalter said Miram, quote, desperately wanted to play and said, quote, we had to live with it. We honored our agreement, unquote. I think that's a dumb agreement, but yeah. Speaking of dumb things with this game, um, apparently some promo that Orlando's TV affiliate did included the promo code disband the crew which i mean now that i don't have a problem with this because they do this every week with uh, with like they, they say something snarky about the opposing team and now now the crew is pretty much all but saved i'm a little bit more okay with it you know yeah <laughs> so nah, it's, it's still bullshit you can, I, I think we can now start hating the crew again it's okay like i, I have no problem with with banter again yeah we can start hitting the crew again and i Sure as hell can't wait to just shit on that Austin team that's coming down the pipe in a couple of years. Yeah, I can oh. dig their name now. And I, I was in Austin this past weekend and I actually like greeted people who are wearing Austin FC MLS hats at this event. I was in, I went up to them and was like, I'm an MLS fan too uh, of an MLS team. We should, uh, you know, shake hands and then awkwardly never talk again while being in the same room for a while. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that's how that goes. Yeah, Philadelphia playing New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls getting that one goal to keep them in the supporter shield race, which is kind of very even. There's a great graphic that shows how each team, Atlanta and Red Bulls, what what they would do if they win or drew this coming weekend, and it's pretty much uh, kind of down the diagonal uh, for these two teams. And the win, the odds are forty nine point five percent of each team. Winning the supporter shield at one percent, of course, being Manchester United somehow beating the odds <laughs> to become uh, supporter I mean, shield champions. It, you have to assume that Red Bulls are gonna beat Orlando City. It's, you would have to assume that Columbus were going to beat Orlando City, but you definitely have to assume that Red Bulls are gonna beat them. Let's hope so. We can probably Please. bet that uh, Atlanta plays Toronto. Which, with the way Toronto's been playing, you probably bet that Atlanta's going to beat them. But it's definitely a much tougher opponent on paper than Orlando is to New York Red Bulls. Well, so Red Bulls, though, again, beating Philadelphia 1-0. And uh, there's a question here, which is why, why wasn't this the national game for the Eastern Conference window? Seriously, it, it was two playoff teams, including the second-ranked team in the conference because like, atlanta right. atlanta was playing they're the best you guys fucking hate them yeah. so much <laughs> the big big storyline from this game aside from uh philly uh, finally getting stopped because they've been on a really good run um was ted uncle running back super late completely mystifying tommy smith which isn't that hard to do at this point, <laughs> but uh, mystifying him as to why there would be a VAR call. Turns out it was a very, very clear handball in the box. Um, that was the only goal. Yeah. Well, FC Dallas uh, were 
the the fresh opponents for Sporting Kansas City this week who managed to score seven goals over three games. So three coming off those in this game. And uh, yeah, and two penalty saves in this game as well. It's yeah. a lot more. But by each, by each, by one each by each keeper, keeper, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gonzalez, uh, just the first one in the game. Fingertip save. No oh, ones. beautiful. And then uh, Tim Melia. I mean, he's got to be Dorky of the Year, right? No, Stefan Fry. Okay, fine. By far. Okay, fine. Melia's darn close, but... Uh, why I, is Emilia in the ML, like the USMNT picture? I really don't get it. Anyway. It, he must have like pissed off Sunil Gulati and like it's Carlos Cordier or he, something. He's, something about news. He's probably in the same boat that Christian Ramirez was in, or maybe still be in. He's just like, oh, you're just a bit too old, but you weren't young enough to make the team earlier. You weren't good enough to make the team when you are in your... Early twenties, so now we're not going to take to you. Now they're we went to Stefan, which I'm not mad at, but yeah, I'd rather have Mulia in over Guzan. Zach Stefan has saying. a lower save percentage this year than Bobby Shaw. I'd rather have Mulia in over Guzan. Yeah, the problem with save percentage is that it implies there were more shots shots made on your goal, um, and uh, yeah, I, I save percentage is one. Of, the, the save percentage is one of those stats I absolutely think is complete. Almost completely worthless. Except for it doesn't actually correlate with shots. I did the math. What do you mean? Like, amount of saves correlates with shots. Save percentage actually doesn't. At least over MLS's goalkeepers. Yeah, but you have more opportunities to make saves when there are more shots on on your goal. Which is how you make more raw saves rather than... But, yeah, save percentage. But when you have more, sh- when your defense is worse, the other team is just going to take a lot more shots. Some of which are going to be much worse than other shots. And so, I would argue that just having more shots leads to a higher save percentage. And this is like one of those things that if you look at save percentage stats across leagues, some of the best goalkeepers in the league have low save percentages because the the one or two shots that get in are like these breakaways and they're amazing and they go in whereas some of the worst keepers will be up there because or I should say keepers for some of the worst teams. I'm not saying Bobby's bad. I'm just saying take that stat with a whole lot of grain of salt. So data doesn't really support that for this year, but okay, continue. Houston played Seattle. Seattle getting three goals. Data showing Houston with only two and losing the game. Or <laughs> I could disagree with that one too, Colin. Um, I won't disagree with that one because the data also shows that Houston's been trash all season, but, but they do have two, uh, players with double digit goals. So that's, that's something. Yeah, that is something. <laughs> they play exciting football at least. So that's, that's nice. How right? do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe we'll be sponsored by someone else this year. Like someone actually that, that exists. Do you do you stamps.com sponsors <laughs> Houston Dynamo? Do you think that someone like kind of sits there being like, shit, we went through all that like relocation crap to put this team in Houston with which has no money now, no sponsors, and not, like nothing going for them for years? Do you think anybody like sits sits there thinking like, man, we made Alexi Lalas famous by putting him in charge of the earthquakes and making him like move the team? It's almost like they should have moved to Austin instead. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Well, anyway, Ridia's scoring in this goal. Um, Marshall and Swenson as well. Garcia. Uh, Chad Marshall's 400th MLS appearance. Nice. Gavin Garcia and Manotas scoring the goals for Houston. Manotas getting 17th of the year. 
LAFC playing Vancouver. I just want to point out in this game, Will Ferrell showed up on the capo stand at LAFC wearing a Lucha Libre mask and then pulling it off to to reveal it was him and and it, the the crowd going wild. Um, I'm just jealous to see like Will Ferrell be at a game and be on the table stand. Like I can't think of any like Minnesota like celebrities besides like Armor Superstar. Who, he would totally show up in a lucha mask. He would, but like, shirtless, not no just, less. Not just celebrity uh, owner, team owner. T- yeah, team owner. But, he owns a bar in Moorhead. I but think. like Will Ferrell is known around the world, and I don't. Is there a Minnesota celebrity that is known around the world that can be on the table stand that could bring Prince? Can oh wait, mm, dude, dude it's, too too more soon. Soon. it's too soon. It's always too soon. Uh, I remember the day he went up to that spaceship with David Bowie and they flew off together. That was so sad. Well, Diego Rossi got two goals to open it up for LAFC, but Vancouver coming back. The goal for Vancouver, second one was a bit much, as uh, uh, producer Nick said earlier. Uh, I'm judging you, Nick. That's, that's bad. But yeah, Jordan Mudd for the, the best goal we've ever seen, or you'll ever see, which is a very... I, very. Uh, it's not even the best goal that's been scored against was, LAFC this year, yeah. or in this game, I would say. But anyway, getting scored uh, by Jordan Much for Vancouver, Alfonso Davies scoring Vancouver's first though, which we should or leading to Vancouver's first though, because he was brought down in the box by one of the more brutal in the box tackles for a penalty that I've seen. The guy just got clipped in the shin. It seemed like it really hurt him. Uh, Jordi Reyna getting the penalty and, and converting it for the goal. Portland playing RSL. RSL, the stakes being, couldn't be higher because this was their final game of the regular season. They were uh, in a in a four-point lead over LA Galaxy going into this game and needing the win, of course, to, to clinch their playoff spot. They instead lost to Portland 3-0. Gio Savarese in the process confirming the Timbers as a the Timbers' playoff spot this year. I've said it once, and I've said it a bunch of times. Minnesota not signing Gio Savarese as their first MLS coach has set this franchise back years. Throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Cosmos wanted money for him, guys. you got to understand, like, it's it's important. It would have been worth it. It would have been uh, worth it just to fire Heath, like, end of last it, season and just get uh, anyway. Yeah, so dumb. Yeah. Speaking yeah, yeah. of so dumb, San Jose tied Colorado nil-nil. This game existed in, this, in a real world that we all live in. I don't know why, because both teams are terrible, and this game would have been better off just, like, being canceled. Honestly, nil-nil jobs in these just two just teams. Just cancel both these teams for next year. Just give them a year to sort this shit out. We should have the same fate. Anyway, <laughs> Cal Williams from Minnesota United's commentary team has tweeted just now, several reports suggesting MLS will join Copa Libertadores in 2020. Yeah, those reports were out like a week ago, and we didn't bother talking about them. We recorded early last week, so we were, I'm giving us some leeway and some excuses for not talking about it. I think it. the excuse was those several reports aren't from very reliable sources. There I it is. Remember. This is also I, I don't know how you feel about this. 
the whole idea of MLS teams being drawn into a South American competition. Now, Mexican teams have been invited into Libertadores for quite a while, but I it just seems to dilute their competition. I feel like we should have a competition of our own. Um, the other way of looking at it is that it's high-level competition I mean, for MLS teams, which is a good thing. We already have the CONCACAF Champions League. But Do we need another one? It's something that teams don't take seriously enough. That's and Libertadores, the the there's no the saying problem. that it might, they will take this most seriously. However, Libertadores has, has competition from places like Brazil, Argentina, Peru, uh, which is, it's, it's hard to compare those with the likes of Honduras and El Salvador and Costa Rica. Like, that's, it's not the same. There's also 12-hour flights involved. Like, that's enough reason that MLS teams wouldn't take it seriously. 12-hour flights if you're in Canada, yeah? Or I guess if you're playing someone, a team in Chile, flying yeah. down from Minnesota or from, like, Kansas City, you're going to be... It's going to be a long trip down there anyway. One of the reports coming out of uh, this negotiation was that the American officials had insisted that a final Libertador is played in Miami if... MLS teams were to join. That was a precondition. So that's kind of a sticking point in the negotiation. So we'll see what happens with that. What, Come what back stadium are they going to play in? In Miami? <laughs> right. Is there a soccer stadium down there? I, I didn't know they that. They play in, in the Rowdy Stadium in Outlying <laughs> in St. Pete's. Okay, all right. With that, it's time for us to take a break. We shall return with more We Call It Soccer. <laughs> Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. It's now time for a segment that we call Get Low. Let's get low and get to our wrap-up of U.S. Lower League Soccer, which every week comes from Soptakes' Nippon Chopra, very informed on U.S. Lower League Soccer. Let's see what Nippon has to say this week. Another report from me, Nippon Chopra, on Lower Division Soccer for you guys listening to the excellent We Call It Soccer Pod. Um, let's start with some USL playoff news. Obviously, this weekend we had the quarterfinals of the regional playoffs. Uh, in the West, Phoenix beat Timbers 2, including a brilliant 35-yard free kick from none other than Didier Drogba. Uh, Reno 1868 pulled off a bit of an upset, I think, at least, on Real Monarchs. Um, Real Monarchs had been playing pretty well. Um, Brian Brown scored an extra, scored a pretty amazing headed winner in the last minute of extra time uh, that you guys should probably check out. I think it was the 93rd minute of 94 minutes. Um, Charleston Battery lost uh, at home to New York Red Bulls 2. New York Red Bulls 2 somehow always gets get it all together during playoffs and uh, they're going to be playing FC Cincinnati next. Um, Louisville City dominated India, India 11, unfortunately, I must add, uh, 4-1 uh, at Slugger Field. A score could have been more than that, and Indy 11 will need to lick their wounds and try to rebuild again for a successful 2019 season. FC Cincinnati and Nashville tied uh, in regular time uh, 1-1. Spencer, and to be honest, had it not been for goalkeeper Spencer Ritchie uh, for FC Cincinnati, Nashville would have won that game because... Uh, Nashville hit the post. Spencer Ritchie made three saves, three excellent saves that I counted, and did 
and FC Cincinnati didn't create that much, to be honest. Um, it went to penalties, and after a good penalty shootout, uh, FC Cincinnati goes through, uh, ending a long jinx of poor performances by the city of Cincinnati in sporting playoff scenarios. Uh, Orange County won the most comfortable match of the playoffs, 4 nothing against St. Louis, after St. Louis had an early sending off in the first half, uh, it really was a one-way, a one-way traffic. After that, Sacramento Republic was uh, upset at home against Swope Park Rangers. Republic actually outshot and outpossessed Swope, uh, but could not get the business done in the end, and they go out, uh, even though they were heavy favorites going into this game. A couple of bits of news: uh, Eric Winalda, uh, ex USSF presidential candidate, ex-U.S. Uh, men's national team leader, uh, and also uh, ex-person uh, that irritates a lot of people on the internet about his views on USL, is now the technical director and head coach of Las Vegas Lights. It's a match made in heaven in a lot of ways, uh, both uh, f- as, a, as a team that is very that tries to stand out and is all about marketing, it makes sense that they would go for a big name like Eric Winalda, uh, uh, replacing another controversial head coach, uh, Kellys. So yeah, Eric Winalda at El- Las Vegas Lights uh, is now official. Uh, another thing that is official is that N- Nisa uh, has now announced their second team, which will be in Philadelphia. It'll be a team played uh, that will uh, be playing in the city of Philadelphia uh, in 2019, in the fall 2019. And according to my uh, sources, will be will involve Philadelphia Fury in one way or the other, the current uh, amateur team playing out there. So that's the news I have for you here in quick five minutes. This is me, Nipun Jopra, signing off. I'll talk to you next week. Man, Nipun really knows what he's talking about uh, much better than we could have recapped all that. I had totally forgotten about uh, Eric Ronaldo to Las Vegas, and that's just seems too perfect. Yeah, to happen like this is real life. It's happened. If we had a bad team, I wish it was like Las Vegas, but instead we get Minnesota United. So I wish it was like Las Vegas because they throw money on the field. You hear that, Minnesota? You need more llamas. We just need Minnesota United to win Mega Millions so they can do that. All right, let's move into our next segment, which we call. I do wonder if we should change the uh, the the sound cue for that because the system isn't so dark anymore, and uh, well, you there's know, still not a men's national team coach a year after they failed to make the world. Cup. The more important part of the national team is well on their way to the World Cup this year yeah. and defending their World Cup championship of four years ago. As a Minnesotan, I declare my right to just remain dead inside until success happens. <laughs> You're dead inside for a long time. I know. <laughs> I know. Let's get national and discuss the latest from the United States national teams, US women's national team, which Caleb was talking about right there. Had a 2-0 win over Canada, which made them Conca champions! There you go. Or Conca champs, for short. Very nice. On like their way that. to France to defend their championship. Um, goals from Alex Morgan, who scored the first goal really early on. Rose Lavelle. Rose Lavelle, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the U.S. men's actually playing a extremely young lineup against Peru. It was a, 
a sign of things to come for the USMNT. I really enjoyed this experimental squad. However, they did struggle against Peru, only managing a 1-1 draw. Josh Sargent getting the goal. Peru was in the World Cup last year, and they played pretty well. So I think this is a good result. It's such a young team we put out, and great goal by Josh Sargent. Seeing him linked up with Timothy Weah was just tantalizing. In Remain Dead Inside news, Peru also played a similarly experimental lineup. Let's now move into a segment that we call the Stiff Upper Leagues. What are you doing in England? Mind your own business! Well, it's time for us now to talk about proper footy football. I hate that word, footy. That's dumb nickname. <laughs> I know, well, right? No, That's why we put it in there. <laughs> yeah. In proper footy, the players don't fight on the sidelines. The coaches fight on the sidelines. Yeah. Let's, let's speak of this. Let's talk about Chelsea versus Manchester United, which ended 2-2. The talking point, of course, over here. Not the eight, the fun game where Anthony Martial scored two goals and then Chelsea managed to get the late equalizer. One of those goals by Martial, no less, could have been blocked by Andreas Christensen had he not been writhing in pain because of an ankle injury. Yeah, uh, but but really the big, big talking point here is... Uh, an assistant for Sari, the Chelsea head coach, and this assistant dancing in happiness, Tommy Smith style, in front of Jose Mourinho, who decided to get extremely angry, channeling John Pascarella, <laughs> and charging after this Chelsea assistant towards the tunnel and had to be held back. It was uh, quite the moment. George Michael and Wham lost 0-1 to Tottenham Hotspur. Aside from a bunch of good saves from Hugo Lloris, decent goal from Eric Lamella, but if you want to see someone tear their Achilles and you can totally see the moment where it happens, I advise you to uh, just Google yourself some Andre Yarmolenko highlights. It, it was it was gruesome to see him. Like, you could see it not good. No, thanks. Match City putting five past Burnley. Huddersfield getting one beat 1-0. One by Liverpool in the, uh, according to David Squires in the Guardian Comics, Ned Flanders derby with Jurgen Klopp and David <laughs> Wagner. Wagner both that is so right. as oh Flanders. I didn't see that. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, terrible performance, honestly, from Liverpool. Um, Mo Salah with the goal, but that was really his only good touch of the game. A lot of missed passes and a lot of disconnect from the front four. You do as you don't see. Mane and... Firmino didn't start this game with the Shatiri and Sturridge up top instead. You can see the disconnect, but really some worrying times maybe you had for Liverpool, even though they are undefeated in the league so far. The antithesis of worrying times is status for Arsenal, where many of their fans are saying we've got our old Arsenal back under Unai Emery. Arsenal managing to pull a dream 3-1 result against Leicester City with some gorgeous goals on top of a great win. Yeah, um, when I hadn't actually watched the highlights yet, I had just written down Aubameyang with two goals off the bench. After watching the highlights, I said, excuse me, everyone gets the ball, and then Aubameyang gets it right in front for two goals. Beautiful, beautiful teamwork on each of those goals, and it leads to Arsenal having won 10 games in a row in all competitions for the first time since 2007. The most terrifying thing about this Arsenal team, as from coming from a opposing fan, is that going forward, they're so fluid and so in sync with each other. It 
the amount of team goals that they have going forward, just the season alone, shows how much talent they have. And Unai Emery's really getting the most out of their his attackers. And also the fullback like Bellerin going forward, who has always been a very attractive fullback, but never really had that piece of him a lot by Vender. So this team is so attack-minded going forward, and now they're meshing together so perfectly, and it's just a sight to see when they link together for a goal. It's just poetry in motion, and I hate to say that as a Liverpool fan. It remained dead inside news. I'm really worried about this defense still. But Chelsea, sure. Arsenal, and Tottenham are tied at 21 points for third, fourth, and fifth, respectively. Liverpool struggling away in second place, tied for first at 23 with <laughs> Manchester City. First time in the Premier League area, I can't remember the stat, but three undefeated teams through nine games. It's definitely the first time that Liverpool's been undefeated this far into the season. Quick update from the championship. The top seven teams are separated by four points with Middlesbrough and Sheffield United tied on 25 points after the 13th game. There's a list of the bottom four here, but you can look them up on Google if you want. Let's now move into a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in Brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. First up, La Liga, where balance was restored to the force after Anakin Skywalker was struck down on a volcano planet by Barcelona. Wait, what happened? Obi-Wan defeated Sevilla. Oh, okay. 4-2. Uh, unfortunately, Although, there was a very significant disturbance in this force. Yeah, Messi breaking his elbow, I believe, or his hand, something like that. Um, something it, it's a, yeah, I think it was the radial bone in his arm. Which radial is the one that attaches to your to thumb. Because yeah, anyway, okay. that's how my biology taught me to it. Things are rad. And then uh, they come up, and then I uh-huh. roll my eyes really hard. Uh, and precious like, that's dumb. Puns. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it seems that it's a fracture rather than a like full break. Um, he's expected to miss three weeks, which means that there will be the first Messi-less, Ronaldo-less El Clasico in over a decade. Quel surprise. Real Madrid losing to Levante 2-1, which has brought up the specter of Julian Lopetegui being fired already. Uh, that's uh, glorious. The dude like gets fired from his World Cup job. Uh, to ostensibly take his dream job that he will then hold for maybe three months. That's that's pretty harsh. They're even rumoring that Jose Mourinho goes back to Real Madrid. That's how bad and desperate it's got over there. Speaking of places Jose Mourinho has been in, Inter Milan, defeating AC Milan in the Milan Derby 1-0. Naro Atardi with the late 91st, 92nd minute winner. Since they've been leaving it late for yes. a couple of games now, and just I think the last five games they've won on goals stored in the 85th minute or later. Hashtag scenes. Napoli 3 0 winners over Udinese, while Juve can only manage a 1 1 tie with Genoa. The table stands with Juve in first at 25 points, Napoli in t- with 21 in second, and Inter Milan 19, and Lazio in fourth with 18. Moving along to Bundesliga, where Eintracht Frankfurt beat Fortuna Dusseldorf 7-1. 20-year-old Luka Jovic, the youngest player ever to score five goals in a Bundesliga game. I mean, how long is that list? 
<laughs> Before that was the your best player to score five goals, twenty nine. I don't under I, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, well, Bayern Munich getting back to their winning ways with a three one win over VFL Wolfsburg, and Dortmund pulling a four nil win over Stuttgart. They're really bad. Sorry, Shane. Yeah, Stuttgart were. Yeah, Christian Pulisic gets uh, the last about twenty five minutes. Gets an assist on Maxi Philippe's goal. Dortmund are top of the league by three points. Quick, quick, quick recap of today's important Champions League results. Uh, Juventus beating Manchester United 1-0 with a Paul Diabala goal. Madrid winning against Pilsen, which Julian Lopetegui remaining to be fired another day. Valencia only managing to tie young boys. And Bayern getting a 2-0 win over AEK Athens. Is it worse that they tied young boys or that they beat young boys? I'll leave that to your imagination. Uh, Mass City becoming the first team to beat Shakhtar Donetsk at home. First English team, I should say, today with a 3-0 win. All right, it's time now to move into a segment that we call Soccer Things. We're calling dips into the deep, dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So this is... It's kind of a sad conspiracy this week that <laughs> Sam Cronin's salary, according to the MLS Players Union, dropped by 55% between the May and September announcements. Now, this this drop suggests that he might have retired as opposed to uh, just being on the season-ending injury list. However, I did a little bit of digging on it, and I've, I'm afraid that I've got some terrible news about this. Oh, no. So, Sam Cronin's salary dropping by that much corresponded with him essentially being paid through the game before Minnesota United traveled to Colorado, which just so happens to be where he's been spending all of his rehab time. Now, I'm not suggesting anything terrible happened between Minnesota United and Sam Cronin. I'm not suggesting any sort of agreement on his retirement, but keeping him on the season-ending injury list. I'm not suggesting any of that. However, I have the sad news to report that when Minnesota United attempted to fly Sam Cronin back to Minnesota for further tests following this game, Cronin was abducted by members of the Illuminati who, as we very well know, are camped out in the basement of the Denver airport. This has been widely established that the Denver airport is the spot that the New World Order bases all of its operations. I'm sad to report that he got into a fight with those New World Order members and perished from his injuries. There was someone that then dressed in his clothes and attempted to board the flight back to Minneapolis. No word about his ultimate whereabouts. I, I hear his son was forced to take a picture with George Soros today, shaking his hand. I mean... 
so long as he wasn't the one opening George Soros's mailbox. Oh, all right, we managed to dig even deeper. I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, after <laughs> yes. I figured out what you were yes, doing indeed. there. Uh, all right, with that, it's time for us to say goodbye to everybody else. But before we do, let me first encourage all of you listening in to share this podcast with your friends. It's on fine podcast providers everywhere. Hey, do you want to tell the guys where they can find you all on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at The Attachment. You can find my writings over at E Pluribus Lunum. I had the rundown of the new salaries, and I will have an update on how strong of a case every single person nominated for an MLS end-of-season award has from Minnesota United over at the website. I'm at K Olson 716 on the twi- tweeters, 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 twatters, tweeters. One of those words is absolutely not good. Uh, anyway, I'm at 55.1 writing for there. Um, also, it's my dad's birthday today. So happy birthday, dad. I called him earlier today, so don't worry. Um, but avid listener of the podcast. And Tom met him last yeah. week. Avid so. is a funny way of saying only. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll take it. You can find me at TWO United fans, where you can see me retweeting Andrew Weeby making fun of the fact that Zlatan hit me in the thigh with a ball, not the nuts like Matt Doyle said on the podcast. Seriously, guys, like... I, it was my thigh, not my nuts. They're okay. We think she doth protest too much. <laughs> I mean, all it, right. If if that's your nuts all the way over there, like you should be trumpeting. You, that. Should, you should probably have that checked out, honestly. All right. Okay, I will. You can find our producer Nick Rodriguez at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. And uh, yeah, with that, it's time for us to say goodbye to you for seven days. See you next week. Okay.